we've learned anything from these past couple of years, my fellow Americans, is that personal medical freedom and liberty are in crisis. America Out Loud Pulse brings together the top experts in healthcare-related fields to keep you a beat ahead. Well, the, the one big trend I can tell you, surely I'm seeing from, oh, lots of emails that are coming in from folks is people are deeply, deeply concerned. And you've been here, in fact, uh, we'll talk a little bit about this today, the five-year mark. That's something that a lot of people have been questioning as well. Uh, but there's a lot of fear out there. And uh, interesting piece as well in the Wall Street Journal I want to address today, cancer is striking more young people and doctors are alarmed and baffled. And by the way, this is Q&A. 99 today. <laughs> what a moment. Remarkable milestone. Uh, it is indeed Malcolm Out Loud here. Welcome to America Out Loud Pulse. And I'm here along with my co-host. Dr. Peter McCullough. At 99 shows, man. 90, remember that? You ever go on a long car ride when you were a kid and say 99 bottles of beer on the oh, wall? 99 bottles of beer. I say this. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to imagine. You know, we're on the threshold uh, here. And, and, you know, the thing that people have wanted over the last four years, Malcolm, is they've wanted their questions answered. Where in the world did public health agencies hold open forums, open mics, so people could ask questions? Uh, people were shut down. You know, medical schools didn't offer this. Health systems didn't do it. It didn't come over the airwaves. You know, public TV didn't have questions and answers. The only thing I saw at first that was a question and answer, actually, I saw it on CNN. Sanjay Gupta had it. And it was a very staged vaccine town hall meeting. Wow. And I'll never forget, it's when they rolled out the vaccines earlier in 2021. And they had all these well-intentioned people. Have you ever seen a CNN town hall meeting and the people well, they have? It's been a while, but I have seen them. And uh, they are staged. Like, sure, exactly. It's got a stage, right? Yeah, yeah. So anyhow, these people are sitting in all these different places. Yeah. And it's kind of staged. Yeah. And each person asks Sanjay Gupta uh, a, a situation. Yeah. They'll say, well, you know, I'm overweight. I had COVID last year. And should I get a vaccine? And then Sanjay would, you know, carefully deliberate and think about it. And in every instance, he said, you know what? You should play it safe and get a vaccine. Every case, even this pregnant woman, she was giant. She was so pregnant. She's in her last trimester. And she she says, well, I've got a blood clotting disorder and I have all these problems. And he, he thinks about it and he goes, well, you should get a vaccine. There wasn't a single time where he told somebody, no, maybe that's not wise or we don't have enough safety data. It was basically a staged Vaccine commercial. Well, That's the you, only thing I've seen on a... On a uh, well, to um, your point, to your point, uh, that uh, uh, there was a story a while back uh, as uh, a pre-setup for these little town halls, they have, as, you say, as you say, and they are pre-screened. Now, all the questions, they, that is definitely a, a definite. They are pre-screened. There's nothing... Like, they would never do what we do here. In fact, let me tell listeners right now what we do here. I mean, think about it, though. They would never do this, right? I mean, nobody would. But you know what's what's remarkable about this? I think we need to. I, I think people do need to know is that we take all kinds of questions. They're not always like they're not always easy questions, and there are some that are that are quite challenging. But we put them out there, and as many as we can get in. Now we get 
the truth of the matter is we get a lot more questions than we can get on air. I cannot get them all on air. It's not possible. But we do our best to get a good lion's share of them on. And you know, the thing about it is, you know, Dr. McCullough doesn't know the questions in advance. He doesn't know any of these questions. There, There is zero pre-screened here. I mean, I just barely looked at him and got him into the note to be able to get him out here because we're all so busy. But he doesn't know the questions. He has never heard them before. He hears them for the first time as you hear them. And you think back to all these conversations we've had and all these shows, and you're one of the few people, it's, it's, it's worth noting, that is brave enough to do that. I, don't, I think a lot of people would not do that, Peter. They would be scared to be able to take these kind. I, I just don't know many people who would, would have the courage for this. You know what I'm saying? It's a novel virus. Uh, we went through all the issues, all the permutations of the infection and early treatment. Uh, there are novel vaccines. Nothing about this is standard. And if anything we've learned, Malcolm, doctors are not very good when they get outside of a comfort zone. Yeah. And clearly, this has always been outside the comfort zone. This is not a place for the lighthearted intellectually. No. No, no. And yeah. and that's what we see. You know, I yeah. see this in the office every day. I just finished yeah. with a man who's got a weakened heart. Uh, he's had severe COVID. He's taken two vaccines. His heart's become weakened. It's complicated. There's other factors in his background. But his father, Malcolm, his father is 69. His father died with COVID. Wow. Died with COVID. And yeah. I and, and the mother's there. She's telling me the story. Yeah. I said, well, how did this happen? He's 69. Yeah. She says it was Christmas Day. He got sick pretty quickly. Uh, I was worried. Uh, we, we sent him to the hospital. He checked in in the hospital in Texarkana. And they gave him remdesivir. Uh, they thought he was better. They sent him home. Uh, I think just after New Year's, he had a fever. And he really got short of breath. He checked back into the hospital and went on the ventilator. And that was it. He died a few days later. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. you know, we. And the sad thing is the, the mother who, the mother she herself got sick, she got hydroxychloroquine, azithromycin, prednisone, everything else, McCullough protocol, and she got right through it. I said, did your husband get any of that? Mm. She goes, no, because... You know, he was under the care, she says, of a prominent pulmonologist, and he was running the show, and it was mainly inpatient care that didn't pull him through. That was the backdrop of seeing the son who's got a heart problem now after the vaccine. So you can see how complicated a medical office visit is, yeah. and there's, they've driven a long way. And yeah. The, yeah, the issue is they have questions. Doctors, the word doctor comes from the Latin doco doc, docere. It means to teach. It means to teach. Doctors are teachers, yeah. and they should be answering questions. What we always say on the platform, Malcolm, is people should do their own research, yeah. formulate their questions, yeah. and then send them in. And we'll, yeah. we'll try to tackle them, and people learn from other people's questions. That's exactly yeah. – well, they do learn from other – that's a great way to put it, actually. And uh, I've gotten those comments back from a lot of folks. They love these sessions because they're, they enrich them with knowledge and insight in prevention uh, is very important. Next week being the 100th, now, and just coming on before the mic went hot, uh, Dr. McCullough and I were talking about next week a bit, and we thought we're going to have, so let me throw this out at you all right now, and we'll repeat this a little bit later in the broadcast as well. But we're going to do a question contest next week. I think that'll be very interesting and kind of bring 
the best questions uh, to, uh, to, to, the, to the airwaves next week on the 100th, okay? So here's what I want to uh, charge everybody with out there. I'm going to get a, a, a social media post out. I don't get there much these days because I'm incredibly busy. And I'm going to ask Dr. McCullough to do the same on his feed uh, it, if you go to, uh, if you're on uh, X, Twitter, X, whatever, I don't know why they changed the name of that, but uh, everybody says X, formerly Twitter. I mean, it's redundant, isn't it? You know, and uh, but uh, at, at Out Loud News is uh, the feed here that I, I just uh, that my my team works a bit. Uh, uh, and then, uh, of course, uh, Dr. McCullough is uh, you. you uh, what, what is it? Do you know offhand what your feed is? Your uh... Feed. My Twitter handle is a P underscore McCullough MD. Okay. Okay. And, P underscore uh, McCullough MD. All right. Yeah. And that's a, I have a big Twitter account and then we'll get it out. And yeah, uh, we really want a call for the best questions. And exactly. the best questions yeah. are ones that everybody can learn from. So, so you try to stay away from small medical details that would only apply to right, right, person. Right, right, right. Put some thought into them. Put some thought yeah, put into some the question. Put some thought into them. Yeah. And, uh, and so what we're going to do is we're going to have kind of a, a question contest, and we'll figure out something nice to do for the people whose questions right. make it all the way up. And cool. then submit your questions and you know make sure you tune in to, to see if your question was selected. That'd be cool. That's 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 very, very cool. All right. And you can you can and if you hear me right now on the if you see this on social media, it's fine. But other than that, you can just go to the platform at AmericaOutloud.news and go right to the show page, send them in, or just email them easy enough uh, to uh, just send them to liberty at americaoutloud.com is uh, an email address that I'll give you all right now, liberty at americaoutloud.com. I'll see them. They'll come in and we'll we'll get them on here. But again, next week, 100th, best questions. And we'll we'll sort of put them out there and kind of we'll we'll recap and say what what's the most profound question today. And we'll we'll crown one of those questions next week and see what that is. All right. We got some pretty cool ones today, in fact, as well. We'll get into uh, uh, some really fascinating ones, actually. But before we do, I want to touch on this story that was very bothersome to me. And I've been following a lot of these stories, actually. But this was in the Wall Street Journal. So there you go. Cancer is striking more young people. And doctors are alarmed and baffled. Now, let me read you this uh, uh, little bit here, this piece here. Cancer is hitting more young people in the U.S. and around the globe. Uh, diagnosis rates in the U.S. rose in 2019-2020. Uh, uh, cases per 100,000 people under, this is under 50 now, the under 50 crowd, uh, went up 12.8% uh, from the year before. Uh, let's see here. A study in BM, uh, BMJ on oncology last year reported a sharp global rise in cancers under 50 so this is under 50 they're speaking about. Any idea? I mean, do we know anything more? I don't know. Have you, well, have you seen any trends that the younger versus the older people with the cancer? So let's talk about just uh, this whole field of cancer. So cancer is responsible for 40% of the deaths uh, in Western populations and heart disease is about 40%. So that's 80% of the So they're death. equal, you're saying equal. They're oh, equal. You know, okay. One year cancer is the leading cause of death, the next year heart disease, they're, they're neck and neck. And then 20% is other causes like motor vehicle accidents, suicides, things like this. 
So, uh, you know, if you're living your life responsibly, doing the best you can, in the end, you're going to finish out with heart disease or cancer, almost always. Isn't that, so, isn't that striking? Uh, that's, a, you know, I, I, I knew it was the top two, but I did not know it was 80%. That's stunning what you're yeah, saying. There. Yeah. I mean, you know, in the end, it could be some inflammatory disorder or something else, but, right. uh, you know, dementia. But most of the time at the end, it's heart disease or cancer. Okay. So um, cancer is, as people know, it's very well tracked. We, there are cancer statistics. There are cancer registries. There are cancer treatment centers, chemotherapy protocols. I mean, it's a very regimented field. And there's specialist hematologists, oncologists. And uh, it's generally beyond the domain of a family practitioner or internist. So, you know, cancer is at a whole different level. But these cancer statistics are very strong. And they're tied to the use of, of chemotherapy and radiation therapy, what have you. So, so we know in, let's say, the United States or the UK or Canada, if there's a rise in lung cancer, we would know it. If there's a rise in... Uh, breast cancer or uh, female reproductive cancers, uterine, uterine, ovarian, ovarian mm -hmm. cancer, you know, mm -hmm. we would know. Right. Now, some cancers are nearly externally uh, environmentally driven. Example, uh, smoking and lung cancer. Right. So, you know, as those are life choices down, people have made, right? Yeah, life choices. Smoking goes down. Right. You can tell you that lung cancer is going to go down. Now, not all of it's going to go away. But a lot of it's going to go away. Uh, esophageal cancer is all smoking and alcohol related, uh, as an example. Um, and you can kind of go through the different uh, forms of cancer. There's a form of cancer in the lung called mesothelioma. It's almost always related to asbestos exposure, uh, for instance. What about the term turbo cancer? How does that fit in? You hear that term a lot now with COVID. How does that well, fit in? It, it's, a, it's a new term, right? So since the pandemic... This term turbo cancer has been coined. Now, it's not a real medical term, but boy, does it apply. And I was asked this on Friday, January 12th in the Congress by Representative Margie Taylor Green. She goes, are, you know, are turbo cancers real and what are they? And they've been that term's been used to describe a cancer that is rapidly progressive and invasive and serious. So there are two angles to this. And it may be a de novo cancer, or it may be a um, you, you know a, a, someone who had cancer and is in remission. It comes out of remission and takes off. So today, I was called by one of my patients, who said, "Dr. McCall, I'm I'm calling because my wife, who's in her 30s, and she works as a um, medical assistant in the hospital. Uh, she's been uh, forced to take the COVID-19 vaccines, you know, several rounds, you know, shot one, shot two, and at least two boosters before, you know, Texas, by the way, uh, uh, banned the mandates. So even hospitals cannot mandate a vaccine anymore. That's how dangerous we think the vaccines are in Texas. Even a hospital cannot mandate someone to take it. But under the mandates before that ban kicked in, she had taken at least four shots. Hmm. Well, he, he said... You know, she's in her 30s. There's no family history. She already has widely metastatic breast cancer. Wow. Malcolm, we don't even recommend mammograms until age 45. Wow. Wow. Okay. And so uh, this is a cancer that's not giving too many options. So it's, it's considered what's called, uh, uh, you know, hormonal receptor negative 
uh, her receptor negative. When you're receptor negative, it means there's no treatment targets. And he said, we're looking at, we're desperate to look at any type of treatment. It's, it's widely spread through her body in her 30s. This is what the Wall Street Journal article is talking about. Right. Where is this coming from? Right. Where is it coming from? The turbo cancer. And the turbo yeah. means it's, it's it's happened quickly, right? It's turbo. It's happening quickly. Right. Okay. Now, the first case of a turbo cancer that's in the peer-reviewed literature was published by Kara Gokulis and colleagues. I'm an author on the paper. It's a Greek man. And he takes a shot of uh, Pfizer or Moderna and within four days has pain in the side of his face uh, near his jaw. And then quickly he becomes paralyzed in the face, Bell's palsy, and actually goes into the trigeminal nerve, the fifth nerve, and he has a painful trigeminal nerve syndrome. And then it just invades his brain and kills him. Now, uh, it, it was called a basaloid cancer, and it may have arisen from the parotid gland, actually a salivary gland up by the, the jaw. And let me tell you, four days after a vaccine, Malcolm, that's too soon for a cancer to arise in four days. So chances are the cancer was there, and then the vaccine accelerated it. I mean, that's the, the theory. So as we walk our way through this uptick in cancer, which is seen all over the world. The, the explanations are one, detection bias. And what detection bias means is that during 2020 and 2021, where there were lockdowns, and in some countries, Malcolm, it was terrible. I mean, you couldn't get out of your house. You know, you had to get an affidavit to buy groceries in France, for instance. Um, these people did not get colonoscopies, mammograms, routine exams, Cancers basically went undetected for a couple years in some of these countries. Now we're catching up in 20, 2022 and 2023. And if, um, let's say somebody had a routine colonoscopy scheduled in 2020 and it got put off for two years, that's long enough for a polyp that could have been snipped out and you know caught early. That's long enough to, for the polyp to become an invasive and widely metastatic colon cancer. Hmm. If a woman missed a mammogram for two years hmm. and she was in the age at which we got it and what have you, two years is enough to be behind on a cancer. So detection bias plays a big role. Now, how about people who emerged from the pandemic, uh, they were free of cancer in 2021, they had all their cancer screening, then suddenly in 2023, out of the blue, they have a turbo cancer. Well, what's on the table is maybe this is COVID-19 vaccines and a paper from University of Oregon by Anguis and Bustos state that the vaccines could be cancer causing because they impair DNA repair, the spike protein impairs tumor suppressor systems. And, and now these contaminants, these mm. DNA process related impurities, cancer promoting that Surgeon General Joe Ledepo has pointed out, SV40, which is a proto-oncogene activator. We've got enough there and the fact that they're genetic and they last a long time in the body and many shots have been taken, Malcolm. I mean, to typical vaccine, we don't take four shots or six shots or 12 shots. Mm -hmm. We don't. I, I had credible report from New Zealand, and we have a lot of listeners from New Zealand, that the average person going into a pharmacy in New Zealand getting a COVID shot, they're on shot number seven, Malcolm. And the average nursing home patient mm -hmm. is on shot number 12. Crazy, crazy. All the wear and tear in the human body. I mean, imagine doing this 8, 10, 12 times. Wow, that's crazy. Uh, these um, 
these shots that they're they continue to take and take and take it's obviously it's having an impact on the body but this this uh, turbo cancer term and then this five-year cycle that's being talked about so and with what you just laid out with the way this re-engineered uh and the the mrna and all do you um suspect we'll have i mean like people are uh, the sense i get from a lot of people is they're um all the they have more questions than there are answers still today. Um, the, with the uncertainties, people are nervous. They have a lot of fear out there, and you'll see some of that in some of these questions coming up here. Will we know in any short order form in the months, years ahead? Will any of this be more, in your opinion, uh, documented where we can say, you know, conclusively that this and this is caused by that? Is that possible or it's a long way off? I don't think so for the following reason. Most of the cancer centers are at big university medical centers. The big university medical centers, virtually every one of them had a policy mandating the vaccines, not only for the doctors and the nurses and healthcare workers, but for the patients. So they mandated the vaccines on the cancer patients. They will not be forthcoming on data that the vaccines cause or promote cancer, Malcolm. They're not. These institutions have manuscript um, submission policies. The manuscripts have to be approved. Um, I, I can't see it uh, in the short run. I, we're in some type of giant cover-up on vaccine safety. It's the same reason why major cardiology departments are not going to be forthcoming on myocarditis or blood clots or other problems. I mean, I'm greatly concerned about this, that there's a lack of truthfulness because of the complicity of the medical centers and the cancer centers in administration of the vaccines. Yeah. You know, if they were honest and said, listen, these are new, we don't know if they're going to work, we don't know if they're safe, this is completely optional, they would have been in a much better position now to be honest about what's being observed. Right. Yeah, no, there was never any honesty. There was force in uh, collusion and these mandates uh, put the fear into people. They, they were going to lose their lives, their livelihood, and lose their, you know, everything, their jobs, their careers, their colleges, uh, in some cases, their spouses. Remember some of the stories we had a couple of years back where they were fighting the husband and wife over the kids, getting the vaccine, and they would leave, they fought, some got divorced. I mean, crazy life was turned upside down for a lot of people because of these egregious policies. And people should never forget what tr what transpired throughout all of this. It's it's horrible, the situation. Well, Malcolm, you know, I uh, spoke at a psychology meeting wow. uh, late last year, and this came up. You have a brand new novel vaccine for a brand new novel virus. Nobody knows if the vaccine is going to be safe or effective. Why is it that you have two parents, let's say they're divorced or separated, the relationship's not going good. Why is it or how is it that two people could pick polar opposite positions on this spectrum? Somebody really not want the vaccine for the child and the other one absolutely positively want the vaccine and they go to court. Over they went to court. Yeah, a lot of those but, well, people yeah. did. But listen, the, the psychiatrist who was presenting, he said, listen, when two people are at each other in the process of a separation or a divorce, they'll pick almost any issue that's going to be polarizing 
and then they'll escalate it. He goes, the vaccine was just well positioned to be that. He goes, but listen, if it wasn't a vaccine, Mm. it would be public versus private school. Or it would be, you know, it would be, and when people are at a point, uh, I know you, you probably have heard about in psychology the 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 four uh, horsemen of the apocalypse. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so the last piece of this, the last part of it's called contempt. Mm-hmm. So when two people are holding each other in contempt, it's over with. Yeah. The relationship is over with. Everything's <laughs> over with. And then people jump to these polarized positions. But, you so, know what? You know what this reminds me of when you just said the two divorce in there. They like the psychology um, part of this, which I love psychology. By the way, it's it's fantastic. You know, try to figure these. And they say, well, that spouse or ex spouse is just going to pick pick that that position because it's the polar opposite of that person. And that's what that, right. you know what that reminds me of. It reminds me of Democrats and Republicans in our country, Peter. <laughs> oh, well, you know what? Uh, it, it, right it, or wrong. If you go back 20 or 30 years ago, but, there would be reporters and they would be carefully balanced and they listen to both sides yeah, of you yeah. and try to be respectful. Now with partisan politics, where we are, what you'll hear if you turn on the the right leaning station, yeah. you will hear contemptuous statements about the president, about the you know the Democratic Party. They'll say kind of with a snarl. They'll say, "Well, those liberals," and then you turn on um, CNN or you know the the the, the left wing media. They'll have this contempt. I, I turned on CNN last night and someone said, well, well, Donald Trump is a criminal, you know, just she said it <laughs> matter of factly as she was interviewing somebody. So so uh, we're at the point of contempt of, of these parties yeah. of contempt. And this is important in presidential politics because, you know, Republicans and Democrats are fairly evenly split, probably a little bit more Democrats than Republicans in the United That's States. That's right. That's right. If no party reaches over to anybody else in the other party, I mean, we're coming down to kind of a repeat performance of last time. I, I mean, because yeah. this idea of contempt, we can't get to the point of contempt. It, it is the last horseman in the apocalypse. And and once we're at the point of contempt and people really do hate each other. Well, they're no longer paying attention to the conversation. What they're doing right. is they're only paying right. attention to the ideology that's involved. I, I don't like your position because... And it's because my party doesn't like your position, the ideology. That's what it is. It's all ideology. Yeah, it is. It's ideology. And Sick. so I think we have to be careful. Yeah. And if people, you know, what I've said to both sides is I listen, you've got to pick something right. that you can reach out to the other side. What issue do you think you possibly could agree on that you could actually reach out to the other side? It's going to be closely, it's a closely divided election. It's going to be that already the oh, candidates yeah. are being cleared out. I mean, we're almost down to, yeah. Yeah. you know, m- m- you know, a repeat of last time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, yeah. you do have some disaffected voters who are not interested in a repeat. No, they're, no, they're not. They're, they're not. And, Listen, the Super Bowl, nobody wants a repeat Super Bowl. Nobody wants a repeat Stanley Cup. People want fresh ideas. Yeah. So when you have kind of two older men and it's a rematch, uh, I mean, there'll be fervent supporters on each side. Yeah. But you have the the greater population that's just going to be unenthused, unfortunately. Yeah, and uh, no, I hear you. And uh, speaking of which, uh, I tell you what, let me segue into this uh, uh, 
let me get these two in before the uh, pause here. And this, because it plays to your point just there, this uh, uh, a little bit of politics here. Deborah Birch, they bring up. This is from Mary. She says, when I listen to America Out Loud uh, podcast and shows about the pandemic and recent congressional committee hearings, uh, I have yet to hear anyone address the following. Why has Dr. Deborah Burks been allowed to vanish into thin air and not be held accountable for the disastrous pandemic response? She was also on the White House COVID task force, as was Fauci. She admittedly knew the American people were being lied to, but chose to say nothing. My feeling is that when the pandemic world needed someone like a, a Rachel Carson, who stood up courageously with integrity uh, alone before Congress, to decry the use of the DDT and other chemicals when the world needed a Rachel Carson. We got a Deborah Burks who sold out the human race. Why has she been given a pass? Why is she not being questioned and held accountable? What, what hole did she go hide in? This person, uh, Mary, sent in three or four <laughs> emails and requests about this. She's pretty, uh, so, pretty outraged so about Deborah Burks. Yeah, yeah. She, she's on it. Well, you know, Deborah Burks um, was on the White House task force and the book by Scott Atlas is really, really hard on Deborah Burks. I mean, he he Scott Atlas, who I know, and I've talked to him personally about her. He said that she basically did not know anything. She knew absolutely nothing. She would not read any wow. uh, manuscripts. Uh, looking right now, she's about four years older than me. Um, she clearly was not qualified uh, to, to do this. Wow. And... Um, she uh, joined uh, the Texas Tech University Health Science Center administration. She's working uh, for a biotech company. Well, she got out of there quickly. You see, she and, and, the point is she exited stage left real fast when it started to fly, didn't she? You know, Right. And then uh, so here it is. She's entering uh, as a biotech uh, CEO July uh, of 2023. Yeah. Uh, Veristem uh, is the is the name of the company? Uh, no, I'm sorry. Um, uh, after a public consciousness with the White House Coronavirus Task Force and embarking on a subsequent book tour, Deborah Burks has replaced Brian Varnum as CEO of Armada Pharmaceuticals, a California biotech uh, developing bacteriophages, which are viruses that invade bacteria. Um, and uh, that company picked up 25 million in funding through a, a subsidiary, Inonovia, where Burks had a seat on the board of directors before joining Armada. So here's the problem. You know, their government officials are sitting on the board of directors of these companies. Yeah. They slide in and out of this biopharmaceutical yeah, complex. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, people think, oh, she's got, uh, she's got regulatory experience or she's been inside Washington. Uh, and that's how they slide out. But, you know, I was um, interested when Deborah Burks came out, uh, Shortly after she stepped out of her office, and and then she, in one interview, she goes, "Well, I, we knew these vaccines weren't going to work." She did say that. That's you right. Remember that? That's it. I, I did. We th talked about it on this program. Yeah, that was a mic drop. It's like, really? You yeah. knew the vaccines weren't going to work? Which is what Mary's kind of saying here—that she knew yeah. all along. It's what she's saying. Yeah, but you, there'll be no accountability for Deborah Burks. I don't believe. Do you? No. I don't. You know, I just you know, I asked uh, Senator Johnson this when I was in Washington recently. Yeah. He doesn't think there's the public will for this right now. There isn't the public will to pull these vaccines off the market for accountability. Everyone kind of feels dirty or kind of guilty with this whole thing. Well, people you died. Know, I mean, you would. And, and people, I mean, pe people died. 
Yeah. You've got a smaller group of people that, yeah. in a sense, are righteous. Those yeah. are the ones who didn't take the vaccine and yeah. said, listen, we made the, the right call. But the people who didn't take the vaccine, Malcolm, they're in the minority. And yeah. there are smaller groups, by the way, you know, in the United States, maybe it's 25%, we're hoping. But in Canada, New Zealand, Australia, it may be 5%. Right, right, right. All right. Well, that's, uh, we'll see. I mean, that's it on Deborah Brooks. But I'm, I'm glad we got Mary's question in there on the political side of things. And uh, it's going to be an interesting year, 2024. It's going to be a lot said this year. When we get to the end of this year, we'll we'll have some uh, idea of where we are as a country. And uh, like I say, what's going to happen ahead here. It's going to be fascinating. Uh, let me, uh, we're going to, well, okay. Two couple of things here. Two quick things Um before we uh, uh, pause here a moment. And the first thing is going to be next week, the 100th. 100th uh, Q&A is next week. And it is a, it is it is quite something that we've done that many, plus all the other programming we've done on this has been tremendous. And as Dr. McCullough, you've said multiple times throughout our journey, uh, you've applauded the fact that we are a, a, a lone, a lone uh, the, the program here, uh, the the network really uh, in providing this service to the public. In fact, you've actually given hell to the uh, public officials who haven't done such a thing to answer the 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 public's questions. And yet, we've done that here. We've done it faithfully, and, and people get it because they're always they know we do it out of respect and out of love to help them all out. So. Next week on the 100th, um, we're going to have best questions. We're going to take uh, and we're going to highlight those. We'll do the whole show with that. So you can send your a great, give us some thought to the kind of question you want to really ask, something profound, and uh, and send it into liberty at americaoutloud.com. We'll put them on next week on the 100th Q&A. And we'll also get some social media rolling on this as well, so we can get some of those. And we'll get we'll gather your questions from there as well. If you put them in there, I, I will look at those feeds, and I'll I'll do that. And my team will do that as well. So, anyways, want to mention that to you. Also, uh, let me also tell you some of our uh, partnered projects. We now have that um, uh, Loud dot shop, uh, but we also have featured products uh, that uh, we feature throughout the site at AmericaOutloud dot news. But I do want to bring to your attention a product I've been taking, which I love. Uh, it's really good. It's it's a healthy heart. It's a heart and vascular health from a healthy cell. It's fantastic. And because it's, it's real quick in that little package in your mouth, it's gone. It's, but what's amazing about it is that uh, it's got the uh, CoQ10, the coins on Q10, uh, the resveratrol, uh, vitamin K2, grape seed extract. Uh, you've got some really great um uh elements to this uh the doses to this thing here i guess you'd have to take all kinds of stuff to replace this omega-3 coq10 vitamin k2 uh, magnesium resveratrol uh beetroot that's uh, it's more in there than i see here actually you'd have to take 13 pills did you know that dr mccullough to the one gel pack you know i, I took one this morning malcolm and <laughs> what i thought of was how did they get so much into a small packet and uh, the answer is the microgel technology. You're right. You'd have to be gobbling jars and jars of supplements. People actually get fatigued in all these big bottles sitting on their van. Oh, my wife won't take them. She hates taking the pills, but she loves this kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's, uh, well, the heart and vascular for sure is one of the best tasting supplements you're ever going to have. Yeah. And, uh, you know, certain components are very compelling. For instance, the CoQ10, there are now meta-analyses demonstrating ubiquinol and CoQ10 as you know as forms of supplements reduce cardiovascular mortality independent of 
known mechanisms. It's just good for the heart. Uh, resveratol, which is the the good part of grape juice and red wine. You know, every study that's ever been shown, it's good for the heart independent of cholesterol, blood pressure, you know, and other mechanisms. So when you take healthy heart, I mean, you have to understand that there's a very strong evidence base for this. It's it's a really, really well-designed product. I I think um, Healthy Cell really hit it with that one. Yeah, they did. I mean, I, I mean, I, I like it a lot. I take quite a few of their products. Actually, Immune Super Boost is fantastic because it's got everything in there. Uh, the zinc, the D three. It's got. It's so much is in that uh, product, uh, and it's and it's again the micro gel, the little the little uh, packet you just put in your mouth, gone. He's no pills to swallow, nothing else. Easy enough to do. They have focus and recall. They have REM sleep, but there's some new products. Uh, listen to this now, uh, Dr. McCullough, and I, I don't know if you've seen these, and if not, well, the one that uh, my wife has taken, and my daughter actually, and she likes it a lot, I said, and actually she said it tastes really good, and she's and she, that's important to her, but she doesn't like stuff that don't taste good. She likes this one. It's called Vibrant Hair, Skin, and Nails. You hear about this. Mm. It's hydrated nutrients, nourishing plant extracts, and essential vitamins to support the, co- the collagen uh, production and a healthy glow. Vibrant Hair, Skin, and Nails. What do you think of that? Wow. You know, I, I uh, you know, don't take that one myself, but you know, I have to tell you, women, uh, and it's men to some degree, uh, spend a lot of time and effort on their skin. You, you know how many beauty products an average woman has dealing with kind of the skin and, and health of skin? And the mistake over time is to just put collagen on the skin. So here, Collagen is a structural protein. You know, let's put it in a lotion and rub it into the skin. Well, the collagen doesn't doesn't do anything because it's being expl- applied externally. The the dermatocytes and the fibroblasts in the skin they actually have to be stimulated to make natural human collagen. Mm-hmm. That's what takes away wrinkles. Wow. That's what makes the skin look healthy and vibrant. Well, she's and, liking it. And she says her hair feels different with it as well. And, so and that's she's it. seen some well, benefit. Well, uh, well, here's another um, another observation. Yeah. Things that are good for the skin will always be good for the hair. There you go. So, you go. so and, and so the hair a lot of times is an indicator because you know you get in the shower and you finish up and you look down the drain and let me tell you, some people see a lot of hair in the drain. Oh, that's true. That's true. You know what I mean? and, and for guys, that, oh, yeah. For guys, we only have so much of it, Peter. We want to keep it in our head, you know? Right. Uh, and, we, and, we, and, <laughs> so so here you go. So a man may not think too much about his skin or wrinkles, but the hair really matters. I wonder if that will help hair growth. I don't even know that. Right. But the idea is in the microgel technology is to give the body what it needs to do its own skin and hair maintenance as opposed to try to force something in in, through a lotion or a shampoo. So I think it's a brilliant strategy. And, uh, you know, we got, we have to ask women, women will tell you, they'll try it in the various things and, and it it will emerge um, as, uh, as, you know, people will report back to you. I'll tell you another one where we're going to hear about what? And that's going to be uh, the, uh, you know, the joint and uh, uh, muscle. The joint health and mobility. Yep. Joint health and mobility. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I have it. I brought the box over to my mom's place. Everybody knows my mom is in a senior center, independent living. And it was on her table. And I said, mom, have you started it? She goes, well, I haven't started yet. I said, good, because I want you to be objective. How do you feel now in terms of your joints and mobility? Okay. And let's take this every day and then do an objective report. And I encourage everybody to do that, Malcolm, not to oh, take yeah. things oh, yeah. willy-nilly. Oh, oh no, do you go read, do your research. Yeah. By the way, do you know that research. one's got, 
That one's got curcumin in it. I just noticed that. Uh, yeah, the curcumin yeah. o- omega three, uh, the collagen precursors. It's uh, it's oh my! I didn't even know that. Well, he- here's another thing, Malcolm. Huh. How many people are taking Motrin and Tylenol yeah, no for their you. joints? Well, listen, yeah. they don't help repair the joints at yeah. all. They're simply just pain. treating pain, pain just treating yeah. pain. Yeah. So here's an opportunity to treat the joints good themselves. Good point. And again, let the body repair itself. So I want my mom. To wow. do a very objective trial. Well, let us me let me know how that works, please. Yeah. Uh, I've got yeah. D trying this other one, and I just got in. A, I haven't taken this one yet. I, if you don't have it, I need to send it to you. It's called Calm Mood. Listen to this, Calm Mood, a blend of non-drowsy neuronutrients that support a sense of calm by relaxing your nervous system and supporting the balance of your happy neurotransmitters serotonin and dopamine what do you think of that that's pretty wild uh, well let me um, tell you that's needed how many people have depression and anxiety i my last patient i finished uh, up with malcolm good grief is a young man uh he gets up in the morning he drinks coffee he takes energy drinks he takes four or five <laughs> psychoactive drugs okay then he gets towards the evening time and then he starts the alcohol. So he, he revs up during the day and then he takes alcohol to try to rev down. He gets terrible sleep at night. Wouldn't it be wonderful to get off some of these? You know, people, people are used the term freedom from pharma. This guy needs freedom from pharma big time. And this would be a great suggestion. That's what you call the bionic man there. Well, you're laughing, Malcolm, but this is real life. In, oh, yeah. in America and in oh, clinics, it, it happens. Oh, my God. That's wild. Anyways, all those products, use the code out loud, get 25% off that uh, first order for you uh, out loud. And they're all there. I'm looking at their site now. Those links are directly at americaoutloud.shop. Also, uh, we have there's a lot of great products in that shop, and I've got and there's some new ones coming. I got to tell you about as well, uh, but not today. Uh, also, don't forget we have the wellness company products in there too uh, that uh, are must get, especially with the natokinase and the base spike detox. The trio there of products are uh, are there as well. The spike support uh, uh, and the the three the um, uh, uh, bromelain right uh, and the um, turmeric extract correct I believe right so now kind of bromelain and curcumin yeah. now Malcolm can I oh, ask you time. something for yes, yes, healthy sir. cell if somebody goes to the healthycell.com website and they don't go to the out loud store and they use can they use a promo code out loud? Yes, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yes, yes. You can use okay. the out loud code anywhere, and they get the discount. That code is the is the secret. All of these products in here, uh, in fact, the wellness company twenty five percent off of that as well, using the code out loud, uh, and they're all that way. But yeah, you can go directly to the site, Peter, or you can come through the shop. It doesn't matter. It doesn't right. Matter. So I just tested a wellness company just just for my own edification. And um, I I didn't go through the America Out Loud store. I just went to the wellness company website and I tested the uh, Out Loud promo yeah. code. Yeah, and it worked just fine. Yeah, and, there you and, go. And, there you and, go. And, and by the way, Out Loud has the biggest discount. I think of all of these it vendors, does. it does. It has yeah. the biggest discount. Yeah. So. You know, anybody who really wants to save money, right. remember the word out loud. Well, that's together. a stipulation I've done with all those companies. I said, listen, we want to do something special for the America Out Loud family of listeners and readers. This is a fact. 
And that's a prerequisite to do business with us. That's I need to have that for our that's what I did. That's exactly that's the whole premise of this, Peter. That's it. You know, is to save people money. And uh, that's what that's why we did it. That's why we did it. And we stayed true to the mission. We stayed true to this mission from the beginning, Peter. You know that the whole thing. It's true. But you know what, Malcolm, saving money to some people brings true happiness. (laughs) That's my wife. I tell you, she is a saver. And if you want to be happy, she saves. And when she gets a yeah. deal, it's just, it, it, it's like, it's like winning the Super Bowl. Oh, you're lucky. All right, good. Now, I know. Have her call my wife and tell her the secret, will you please? <laughs> On that note, friends, we're going to take a quick pause on America Out Loud Pulse Q&A 99 today. Be back in just a moment. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Lifestyle changes are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. Healthy Cell created heart and vascular health to support cholesterol and blood pressure with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow. Get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD for 25% off. The wellness company is offering the Signature Series Spike Support Formula. The wellness company supports this formula because it's designed to remove spike protein from the body. The Spike Support Formula is designed to help the body catabolize the spike protein, begin to remove it through its natural mechanisms. So go to twc.health and check out the spike support formula. You can use our promotional codes or go through our banner bars on our site to get promotional codes and discounts on your purchase. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. When God, through his grace and mercy, gave us free will, the will of the people was to live freely. To that end, we fight for the liberty of all at a time when global tyranny threatens us as never before in mankind's history. This vision is manifest at AmericaOutloud.news, a site for all who cherish free will and freedom. Now is our time, my fellow Americans. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Okay, we rejoin you here on Q&A 99 today. And next week is 100 and we'll have the best questions. Email your questions into liberty at americaroutloud.com or go to the social media feeds uh, and we'll have some uh, posts up there. You can drop a question. I'll go gather them up and my team will. And we'll use them on air next week. We'll spend the whole hour next week on the 100th and answer lots of questions, I promise. Let's jump into some of these right now and I want to get as many as I can in here. Uh, this one is from Sai. He says, uh, Dr. McCullough, in your recent speech, you spoke about the five-year window of concern for the vaccinated. 
After five years, would you say you're in the clear? I find the five-year window interesting because there have been many doctors who've said that vaccinated people will die within five years. What is your opinion on that? Well, that's an interesting uh, question and comment. It can go both ways. I, you know, I testified in Congress and I referred to the FDA guidance on genetic um, biological products and, and clearly Pfizer, Moderna, Janssen and AstraZeneca are genetic products. And they say, listen, they're genetic products. We don't know how long to be worried about them, but the FDA has said, we're pick picking a five-year window. That's arbitrary. But five years is also, by the way, the window of concern regarding cancer. You know, most people know this, right. that if they get cancer treatment, and it's more than five years, they're considered cured. Yeah. So five years is arbitrary. It could be longer, but uh, I wanted to get that in congressional testimony, and I wanted to get that cemented in the minds of Americans and people all over the world. Uh, because you took two shots in 2021, please, based on what we've learned now, particularly the emergence of uh, potentially cancer risks, mm -hmm. don't think you're out of the woods. Be vigilant. Yeah. Be vigilant. You know, when the first came out, I was more cavalier. I remember going on Dan Bongino early on. He goes, Doc, am I okay? I took the shots. I said, Dan, I'm not sure, but you know, 30 days, if nothing happened, you're you're probably okay. Then I said six months. Uh, and then, you know, once we started to see the data that the messenger right. RNA is not going away, the spike proteins lasting six months or more, uh, and, and you know, reconsidering this um the, the contaminants from DNA and the FDA guidance. I'm going to hold that five years now, Malcolm. Yeah. I, I don't think anybody is truly out of the... the, the no, the, and the other thing folks can do is, again, work on being healthy. Work on... That's what my wife and I did, and especially my wife was hit very hard. All, most of you out there know we almost lost her. and But we worked extra hard on in a um, post-pandemic world, meaning that you... On a post-COVID world, I should say, meaning that you you get out and you get active and you take things that are good for your immune system and you have to work at it. It's like anything in life. You have to work at it, especially coming through the COVID exercise. That's my thoughts. That's my advice. And we did it. We did it. I mean, we got out there and did all that, walked and did and lived and breathed. And that's what we have to do. Uh, this next one is from Roger. Is it possible to view the oh the presentation to Congress of the multi-hit hypothesis of mRNA vaccine? In, okay, so slides can be seen. The slides are seen in the full presentation version, which is, um, that was carried originally. If you go to Children's Health Defense, they have it. Uh, if you go to my Rumble station, it should be in the second half. And then also uh, on my Substack Courageous Discourse. So there's four or five places. Now, only Dr. Ryan Cole had slides. And and I can tell you, we reviewed the Cleveland Clinic data by Shretha because we, we wanted them to see it. By the way, it shows that the unvaccinated Cleveland Clinic workers have the lowest risk of COVID and they're unvaccinated. And every shot actually increases the risk of getting COVID. It actually backfires. There's 51,000 patients in that study. That slide was shown. And then the spike protein slides uh, that were prepared by the late Dr. Arnie Burkhardt, a pathologist from Germany, showing spike protein, Malcolm, in people who took the shot, it's everywhere. It's in the brain, the heart, the lungs, all the tissues. Uh, we saw you know, a destroyed blood vessel with a blood clot. Those were, were shown, but there weren't that many slides shown. 
me. All right, this one is from Anne. Is it safe to take the natokinase if blood uh, platelet count is low? I would say the blood platelet count, um, you know, normally it ranges from uh, 150,000 to 350,000. You know, I would say platelet counts down to about 80,000. It's it's safe. Once you get below 80,000, I'd be concerned about potentially some bleeding and absolutely not below 20,000. Okay. Uh, Callum uh, questions, how come some people die from a shot from a certain batch, yet others getting shots from the exact same batch are fine? Hmm. Uh, you know, a theory, and I did review it uh, on the McCullough Report, is put forward by consultant Mark Giraudot from France. And the theory is, Malcolm, that when the injections are given, the nurses typically don't aspirate for blood. And he, he estimates that 2 to 3% of people, when they just blindly inject the vaccine, it actually goes into a blood vessel and rapidly circulates throughout the body. Other people get a depot ejection in the arm, and maybe some people you know, from the same batch may get kind of a mainline intravenous or intraarterial injection, and they get more widespread distribution early and get sick with side effects. Other people get to fight it off in the arm uh, and potentially limit the, the side effect damage. Okay. That's one theory. Another theory is that it's just genetic makeup. Some people are more That's prone. Right. So I'll give you an example, which I'm, I'm convinced this will be borne out in the data. Those people with blood clotting disorders, a tendency towards blood clotting, watch out when you take a vaccine. They're going to be far more likely to have a blood clot than somebody who doesn't have one of those disorders. I mean, let's face it, uh, sometimes it's a roll of the die, right? That's life. I mean, so, sometimes people get heart cancer, we get all kinds of things. So your body adapts to things differently, I'm certain. Nothing's 100% in this world, nothing. The next one's from Buck. Have the vaccinated had their DNA changed with the uh, messenger RNA jabs? And will they all die with three to five years? I see a lot of people saying this, and I'm frightened. Why are they saying this? And do you think we're all going to be dead, regardless of how many shots or what they were taking? It's just the kind of question that's asked a lot, actually. No, I don't think everyone who took the shot's going to be dead in five years. I think the human body is, is far more resilient, uh, Malcolm, and for those of our listeners of of faith, you know, God is bigger than a vaccine. Amen. No, not, you know, humanity is not going to be wiped out with these. Um, what what we know is that some people, it's a bad batch combined with susceptibility, maybe the injection technique, and then you're right. There's a lot of there's still a lot of the determinants that aren't known. That's but right. only, you know, thirty percent of people have no side effects even today. Nothing. Right. That's a big chunk of humanity who took the shot. Another 60%, uh, they have some modest side effects, but nothing serious. We're down to basically under 10% of people who we're really worried about. Well, there's your answer for a lot of those people that are questioning. It's not 100%. You just said it's less than 10%, right? Right. I mean, the people right. who we're really worried about right now, uh, I'd say from the Schmeling data, it's 4.2%. From the CDC vSafe data, it's 7.7%. Okay. Um, you know, we're in that, we're in that frame. And these Those are probably are the people who have had a lot of the boosters, right? The vaccines well, and the A, boosters. they've had more shots. B, they've had more severe side effects early. Right. You know, I, if I see somebody who's taken three shots and their heart pumping functions down, they're in that, they're in that five to 10% yeah. I'm, that I'm worried about. Well, I, if I see somebody else who's had two shots, never had any side effects and they seem perfectly fine. 
I'm not clinically worried. Right. I love what you said a moment ago, by the way. I just got to put that back out there, everybody. Grab onto this when you leave the broadcast today. God is bigger than any vaccine. God, that is so just... Let that resonate in your souls a moment, people. God is bigger than any vaccine. That just tells you right there you've got to have faith. You gotta have you gotta life, you gotta pray, you gotta that's what it tells you right there, man. That that is beautifully said. Let me get this one in from Dan. Early in COVID, the belief was that the natural immunity was highly effective against the reoccurrence. With it a few years behind us uh, now, what's the current thinking about how or what natural immunity does for our bodies in resistant new variants, uh, shoot-offs of COVID, if you will? How far away from the early COVID strains do we need to get for our natural immunity to be ineffective? Does our natural immunity just continue to adapt with the new variants? <laughs> Interesting. Natural immunity before Omicron was nearly 100% perfect. You couldn't get it twice. And we relied on it. We saw patients didn't wear any masks. We already had COVID. We were fine. Um, then Omicron broke through natural immunity and you could get it a second time or a third time. As we sit here today, natural immunity is about 60% protective against getting COVID a second time. The vaccines are 0% protective against co getting COVID a second or third time. So natural immunity has that role. Natural immunity is nearly 100% protective against ending up in the hospital or dying. It's very, very strong there. And the paper to quote is by Chin and colleagues, New England Journal of Medicine, October of 2022. Zero chance. So when, when someone has already had COVID, they call me up and say, Dr. McConnell, I have COVID again. I'm not worried about the hospital now. Uh, it's just a matter of getting through the illness. Okay. All right. Last question, Dr. McCullough. Cecilia, my husband received two Pfizer shots in 2020, as did my two sons. They had no side effects after the shots. We have no heart disease in our family. Should they get a coronary artery calcium score test to ensure that uh, their heart has no issues due to the vaccine? Or what do you recommend we do to be proactive uh, or any potential issues? Huh. Because they Again, had the Pfizer shots, yeah. Yeah, but vaccine, no side effects whatsoever. I'm not recommending any um, specific diagnostics. Now, coronary artery calcium scoring, which detects cholesterol buildup in the arteries, is generally recommended for adults between the ages of 45 and 75 and one additional risk factor like high blood pressure, high cholesterol, diabetes, a family history, smoking, et cetera. So we do order a lot of coronary artery calcium scores, but it's not predicated on the vaccine. It's predicated against uh, on you know cardiac risk factors. Okay. All right. Got to keep the faith, uh, my, my friends. Keep the faith. And uh, that statement, God is bigger than any vaccine, that's, that's pretty big. That's a good takeaway from today's yeah. broadcast. Everybody should take that with them on their journey forward here. And be blessed, be blessed, and uh, and work work hard at your health, of course. This is Q&A 99 today, 100 next week. Uh, your questions, again, liberty at americaoutloud.com. We'll bring them on here. Send us some great questions, some, some profound ones that we haven't heard from before. We'd love to explore some of those with you all. Uh, in any event, thank you for joining us here on the mission on America Out Loud Pulse. Always a beat ahead.